All right, welcome back in. I'm Adam Jacobson. I'm Danielle Dorochik. We just wrapped up another week of clients. We'll bring some insights on the, some things we've discussed with some people and share uh, kind of some of our findings from the week. Mm -hmm. uh, so my uh, insight uh, and a question I got asked this week was, um, I have a client that previously intermittent fasted, stopped and was asking, should I go back to it? So it kind of got us thinking about, it opened a dialogue on like, is it effective in general? And I would say intermittent fasting does work, um, but not necessarily in the ways that like you'll see a lot of, uh, of hype around it in terms of like, you know, insulin sensitivity and uh, like resetting um, like hunger signals and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think there may be like a little bit of truth to that, but like 90% of the battle in my eyes is like it's just cutting off hours in the day that you're not eating. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a diet and this person is trying to lose body fat. The whole goal, as we've talked about always, is caloric deficit. Yep. And if you just certainly have only eight hours a day to eat, you're more likely to eat less mm -hmm. in general. Now, if you are somebody that works in like big extremes, it might not actually be great for you because not eating and then eating could encourage you to binge more. Exactly. And that's really common. Yeah. Um, but if you're somebody that's like really uh, diligent and consistent, that can be really helpful for mm -hmm. you. Um, but I think in many ways, you know, when you look at, like, you're looking at any diet eliminating certain things, like keto eliminates carbs, so you eat less calories. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about the carbs. It's more about you're just eating less calories because exactly. you've taken something out. Yeah. Um, so, and I think intermittent fasting is in the same way. It's just taking out meals instead of specific foods. So, for me, um, 10,000 foot view, intermittent fasting, great. I've used it before for myself and for people I've worked with, and it's just more about for that person, does yeah. it work? Um, but I don't know that there's any magical, I mean, you'll see like research, that'll be like, you know, with hormones and balancing leptin and ghrelin and things like that, hunger hormones. But from everything I've seen that there's not any magic sauce behind it outside of the fact that it just encourages you to eat less, less calories, calories and that's the, what you want. The one issue I've ran into clients that do intermittent fasting mm -hmm. is they see that time window and they're like, oh, well, I can eat whatever I want during that time window, but yeah. they don't understand how calorically dense the foods are that they are eating. Sure. It still puts them right back at the number of calories they were eating previously to, to doing intermittent fasting. So yep. whether you're doing an eight-hour eating window, a six, or some people even go as extreme as four, mm -hmm. you still only... You still have to eat in a caloric deficit. Yeah. Um, and I kind of tell people, listen, the thing is, is I want you to not only like reach your goals of looking good or whatever, but you need to feel good too. Mm -hmm. And if you're not eating breakfast until noon and you're that's not making you feel good, that's not helping you achieve the goal we're looking at here. So um, you wanna kind of weigh out all of your options and figure out, okay, if I just need to be in a caloric deficit, can I do that and still eat my normal meals throughout the day? That's gonna be my preference. But if, if it's gonna work for someone to put a timetable to it and mm -hmm. they can still eat the correct portions, the correct amount of protein that we always talk about and um, water, then I'd say go for it. Yeah. As long as you're doing it the right way and you have that conversation with yourself, hey, I still have yeah. to stay on track with the <laughs> yeah. right foods during this time. Yeah, it doesn't mean you punt on food quality. It doesn't yeah. mean just like nachos, pizza, in between that and it will work. Yeah. I mean, you have a better chance of it still working because you know, you have, you're not also eating a big breakfast with mm -hmm. it, but it doesn't let you off the hook. I think people uh, have a, 
I think a lot of people gravitate towards intermittent fasting who struggle to choose the right food. So mm -hmm. they're like, well, if I just do this, then I don't have to um, work on getting the right food. Exactly. But it doesn't absolve you of that responsibility. It gives you more buffer room. Yeah. But it does not absolve you. In fact, it might actually be a good bridge into, like, while you figure out what foods work well mm -hmm. for you. It gives you a little bit of buffer room because... So let's say the average breakfast is maybe five or 600 calories. Like you've got that extra five or 600 calories buffer room with your lunch, snack and dinner exactly. or however you structure it yeah. to, to work with. Um, but don't think about it as like absolving you from having to worry about food mm -hmm. quality um, overall. And especially if you're worried about the food quality or you're not worried about the food quality, you're still going to run into issues with cholesterol and high blood pressure and, yeah. you know, all of those types of things if you're still eating the crappy foods yeah. so just because you're eating less and you might lose a little bit of weight yeah. you're still eating high fatty foods you're still going to run into other issues down the road yep and i would say if you're going to go and do some intermittent fasting which honestly people should try because it's kind of cool i think it's valuable to feel what hungry feels yeah. like for oh, a period definitely. of time because mm -hmm. people are deathly afraid and they were biologically wired to be like hunger is bad yep solve hunger because mm -hmm. otherwise you would have died um now that's not an issue but um to be comfortable with hunger is valuable. Yes. Um, because it's usually not 100%. as bad as you think. Yeah. And in fact, you're like a little bit sharper sometimes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like intermittent fasting because you're mentally sharp. Mm -hmm. um, but I was I would say when you transition into intermittent fasting, don't go straight to like 16-8. Maybe do 12-12. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I'm saying there is people usually choose, most people will know this, but to explain 16 hours of a fast into eight hours of eating and you only eat in an eight hour window, which yeah. sounds like crazy if you've never heard of this concept, but like eight of those 16 hours fasting is usually sleeping. So like yeah. that could look like you stop eating at 8 p.m., you go to bed at 10, you get up at, you know, whatever, six, and you don't eat until noon. So now you haven't eaten until from 8 p.m. the previous day. My hands are super dirty. I'm just making a golf club, sorry. Um, 8 p.m. one day to noon the next day that's your 16 hour window. So really you've only skipped breakfast. Exactly. So I would think about maybe you go from 8 p.m. and then you have breakfast at 8 a.m. Yeah. And then start slowly working that window because what you don't want is like, I'm hungry as hell by the time noon comes around and I'm gonna that eat like, yeah, you have this like massive rebound mm -hmm. uh, in appetite. And then your body also starts to like think about that and says like, starts to crave that big meal at noon and you're setting your body up for um like to crave the wrong thing like you want to slowly train your body to do certain things in the same way that you wouldn't just be like i want to work on deadlifting 225 on the bar let's yeah, go you like you don't want to start there right yeah. like you start yeah. lower and build and like that's like super unsexy mm -hmm. because diet is like the goal is to make it quicker in everybody's head like to make it quicker yeah. and results come quicker which i'm all for if it's sustainable yeah. but that's not always sustainable like if you want it in it for the long game like work your way in because uh, you don't want to go you know a 1500 calorie lunch because mm -hmm. you should have just had two 750 calorie meals and you probably would have felt better exactly and had better habits so. with, and with the 12 hour windows so if you like say you go 7 a.m to 7 p.m a lot of times it's that p.m where that's where we overindulge after dinner. So if you eat yep. your dinner and you're done by 7 p.m., then you're that's the the hunger that we need to learn to deal with, but yep. also the self-respect, the self-discipline that you're going to now yep. teach yourself 
to not have any of the snacks before you go to bed. Yep. And that could be the starting point to yep. learn how to how to work with intermittent fasting. I would say, and maybe that's a bigger, I agree with you. Actually, I think the, the real uh, benefit of intermittent fasting in a lot of people's lives is the taking out PM calories. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's necessarily the AM calories, um, because if you get up and you have most people don't, unless you're eating like donuts for breakfast, hey. breakfast isn't, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, we didn't rehearse that one. Um, pastries of some kind, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you're not, you're, breakfast usually isn't people's worst meal. Exactly. It's usually when when they feel tired and worn down from yep. the day, they feel like, oh, I had a stressful day. I can have this. Because food makes you feel good. Yeah. It's all brain mm-hmm. chemistry game. So mm-hmm. if you have, it's the same way like people go home, like I'm guilty of this too. Like I'll go home and be like, stressful day. You know what sounds great? glass of wine like not that there's anything wrong with that but like that's not like the peak of health options there like um so um yeah use it it's a tool like play around with it and and maybe it's only like during the week monday through Mm -hmm. friday because maybe you like to go out and have a drink on the weekend and cal alcohol calories do count so if you're having one past your window you are breaking it and again like there's there's you know pros and cons of that but um, alcohol calories count just as much as any other calories. Yeah. So maybe Monday through Friday, you intermittent fast, play with it. If you're really hungry, shrink that window and find it. There's no one size fits all. So exactly. use it as a tool though. It's yeah. it's interesting. I mean, it's it's something, Make if it you struggle with you. self-control, setting a black and white for me, like if you stop at 8 p.m. and you don't eat after that, like you don't like waffle back and forth. Like that would be good. No, I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Nah, maybe I will just a little bit. Like if you know, you're like, ah, I can't eat anymore. It's 8 p.m. Like, yeah. It kind of like just you move on to thinking about other things and you don't dwell on waffling back and forth of mm-hmm. should I grab that snack? Should I, you know, can I, should I, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Just give yourself rules and it's a tool to play with. I exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. That was a good Thanks. good question. So my question. I did eat breakfast, so I don't, I don't think I'm in fast personally. Yeah. No, I can't do that. You guys would deal with. A very angry Danielle. <laughs> uh, I will say also working out on intermittent fasting. If you work out in the morning, I'm not a huge fan of fasted workouts. Uh, I don't perform well. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I need some kind of carbs or something on my stomach. So think about that. Like if you are a heavy uh, workout in the morning person, intermittent fasting might not be for you because you're going to beat yourself up and then not be able to refuel. And yeah. by noon, you're going to really crave. Yeah. And you're going to probably feel pretty shitty. And I do say that, but there are also people that I know. That work out fasted and are great with it and love it and they feel light and energetic. It could depend on the type of workout that you're doing, the type so of intensity. But strength, yeah, strength stuff on an empty stomach usually not I do good. not like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cardio, yeah. you want to do some light cardio, go for a walk, light jog, bike, something like that. Empty stomach, yeah, sure. it's probably fine. Yeah. yeah. All right, so my question was a little confusing, but we talked about it. We think we can maybe answer it. We prepared. So we did. Why are certain workouts better for certain people? So, for example, some people can find the magic of a certain exercise while others have to dial it in more. So, this is a confusing question, um, but if I think I'm understanding what you're asking here, there isn't a one-size-fits-all when it comes to an exercise program. Things are going to vary, and the most important part is making sure that every single program has the basic movement patterns. Squat, hinge, push, pull press or that's probably push uh lunge those types of things so rotationals Mm -hmm. and going through all of those movement patterns everyone is going to benefit from making sure to do those i guess if you're trying to find why some people it seems like magic for them and why it might seem harder for you 
Um, it could be the type of intensity that one person is going, is pushing through. Maybe they um, are focusing on things outside of the gym, like good quality of sleep, good hydration, good nutrition to better fuel their workouts. Um, maybe they, they just are a natural squatter and they can, yeah. they can just pick up that movement really easy. And it might be something that you need to practice a little bit more or get some extra help on. But as far as magics of exercises, I don't really feel like there is one that's going to be better or worse than the other. It's really kind of comes down to the person and how they're performing it. Um, and the intensity and um, determination that they put behind their workout. Maybe they're not taking as much rest and that's why they're seeing more results. Um, maybe, you know, they're doing more reps or they're pushing their weight and doing progressive overload every single week. So all of these things play a role in the results that you're going to see from your workout program. Yep. Um, anything you want to add? Yeah, I think I look at that like we talked about in two two prongs when he says like what is the certain you know maybe to reiterate because it's kind of a wordy question what is why are certain workouts better for certain people so i look at that as first one is results of that workout and the second one is like how easy is that movement for that person to do mm -hmm. so with i think you're right on with the uh results part of it i think results and intensity are are intertwined like mm -hmm. how how hard you work because we can both do the same exact workout and get drastically different results from exactly. it because like yeah do you let's say you, you squat and then do push-ups and then you do pull-ups and then you do whatever plank whatever but like if I do a plank for two minutes uh, and I do like you know a hundred pounds heavier squat 30 mm -hmm. more push-ups like we've technically done a similar workout but there's just a different intensity to mm -hmm. it like is there a lot of attention to detail you know, is it harder than what you normally do or is it easier? Um, and there's places for that. So I think that's definitely spot on in terms of like the movement and how easy it is for somebody. Like we all know that everybody's body is like drastically different. So some people can just squat as the grass, not warmed up perfectly. Their knees mm -hmm. are great. And that's just something. And some people like if you sit at a desk all day and then you go try and squat, good luck. Like you're going to be tight, tight hips. Like yeah. you need to, mm -hmm. need to get to the position where your body and that might take time. Like, you might have to do more of a warm up than yeah. the other person to be able to get to the same depth of your squat. Totally. Yeah. So I think like people have different natural movement patterns. So, and there's a million things like they, the question is why? Uh, because that's only one hour. What? So maybe the average person works out three to four times a week for an hour. Like that's only three to four hours of your week that you're moving in that way. The other, I don't know how many hours are in a week. Let me do that math. But like the other, was it 168? Um, hours uh, of the week, you're moving in a certain way mm -hmm. and you're going to move in a certain way that I'm moving. So you're going to be more predisposed to be able to move in a certain exactly. way. Exactly. So you're not just walking in equals. So what you're able to do, I'm able to do, anybody else is able to do is going to be yeah. so different because of the way you've lived your life for the last 30 some odd years, however yeah. old you are. So like, don't expect to and what sports you played and like mm -hmm. what and what's your job like if you work construction you're probably gonna be you might not even need to work out in the main yeah. ways like you're probably lifting and moving all day like you're exactly. probably in pretty good shape but if you sit at a desk eight nine hours a day and then you go in and you're like oh today's squat day like mm -hmm. those aren't the same things those exactly. are apples and oranges so yeah. like the way your body moves is going to be so variable not only with genetics but your your lifestyle factors yeah. 
one thing also that I guess we didn't think about is it's also going to depend on the goal of the person. Mm. Like, for example, Adam is way better at rotation anything than I am. His goal is golf. I, my goal is to like not rotate. If I rotate with the yeah. hundreds of pounds I'm holding, I'm going to blow out my back or you break another bone. Stabilize yeah. your spine to stay there. Exactly. Yeah. So the goal of the person really matters here. So like, I'm still going to have a rotational in my workout, but I'm not going to put as much intensity behind yeah. it as Adam would. Everything's rotation yeah. for me. And then yeah. if, I mean, he will still squat, but his goal is not to put a, you know, hundreds of pounds on the bar. Um, yeah. He's just doing it for, for movement health where my goal is, okay, how, how can I max this out? So, yep. you know, different people in the, the workouts can be the same thing, but if you love squatting and he hates squatting, <laughs> you're going to treat it so differently. And you hate squatting. <laughs> I know. <It's> true. <laughs> you're going to just treat it so much different and, and see that result. You know, so I'm not going to be good at rotational. I'll still do it, but you're not going to see the emotion or the intensity behind it. It's more like just checking off a box for me. Yeah. So that does matter what the goal is of, of the person and what they even enjoy doing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I hope uh, I hope Todd sees this one one day, and is uh, baffled by the fact that I hate squatting because he always is like. Uh, there's like different ways that I'm putting exercises in. He's like, it's kind of just a squat, right? And I was like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, you just have three squats in here. You just call them something different. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. That's our trainer. That's right. That's our trainer trick. We should yeah. give him it's away like that names, trick. It's like name stuff different. Suitcase deadlift. We will make you squat all squat. the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, how many times do you squat in a day? They did a study. It's like, oh, really? like naturally throughout your day, you end up squatting anywhere between two and three hundred times. Whoa. I mean, think really? about getting to your car is like going to be a squat. Getting into the toilet. Honda Civic is low. Yeah. 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 So, so that's honestly why I make my clients squat in so many different mm. positions because you do that so much throughout your day. Same with hinging. Yeah. 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 yeah and in different planes too. Like to, I was just thinking about getting into the car. It's like a. Like yeah, a, a, lateral. a lateral lunge yeah. type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so that. if you have weak glutes, you get in the car and you end up throwing out your back. Woo! That feeling of when you get it, if you have a low car, it's a point where um, if you're really tight, so like after I play golf, for example, like I get into my little Honda Civic, it's low, I'm six foot and some change. So like I'm sitting down and like you get to the point where you're like, you're going, you're going. And at the point you're like, I guess I'm going to free fall from here. Yeah. Like I'm not sure how far that distance is to free fall, yeah. but like it's like a... Uh, collapse <laughs> and it's just like yeah you yeah i don't squat really deep so i'm not at a deep knee bend frequently yeah. so that's not like golf yeah. you're pretty extended you're pretty upright yep. and uh but i'll lateral lunge and stuff so uh no magic yeah no so magic. hopefully we answered that question the right way yeah yeah there's no right way so maybe I'll... let us know yeah. how you like it <laughs> or be more specific and we'll answer that question on one of the next podcasts right on yeah sounds good cool all right have a great weekend everybody